Good evening and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com. On tonight's special episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, we are going to talk about quite a bit. Starting off with the NHL draft, we're going to talk about some of the free agent signings and trades that have gone on, and we'll also kind of close out with a little bit of a retrospective of this year's top 10 picks. But, you know, for the first start of this, we just want to take a look at Winnipeg's 10th overall pick because I think that Winnipeg genuinely got someone incredibly special. At 10th overall, the Jets were able to nab Cole Perfetti of the Saginaw Spirit. If you aren't familiar with Perfetti, it's okay. He is a little bit of a prospect that I think some Jets fans probably didn't have on their radar 100% because he wasn't expected to be available where he was. I'll talk a little bit about what exactly went down during the draft later in this episode, but for the Jets pick, they ended up having a choice between a couple of players. Anton Lundell, who was originally my target for 10th overall, was actually still available. However, thanks to the choices of several teams above the Jets, Winnipeg actually fell right into Cole Perfetti. I mean, Marco Rossi was almost there, although he got taken by the Minnesota Wild right before, and that left the gifted center in Perfetti just sitting there waiting for somebody to take him. Now, Perfetti is a very interesting prospect. I would say that of the uh, of the prospects this year, Perfetti might have the highest hockey IQ. This kid is not only an academic talent off the ice, he seems to read the ice with a level of, for lack of a better choice of phrasing, game sense that I think a lot of players just don't have. Perfetti is a player who doesn't really have the kind of flash and exceptional explosive speed that you might see in somebody like Lafreniere or one of these other top prospects, because I think the way that he approaches the game is totally different. Where Cole is kind of special is that because he's so smart and because he has a couple of limitations and things like his, his, his stride and a little bit of his size and strength, he's spent a ton of time honing his focus on the way that he reads the ice, how he passes the puck, where he's looking to set up his line mates, where he is positioning himself in both the offense zone and the neutral zone, and ultimately how he can engage defenders one-on-one and win battles using a little bit of deception and stick handling. Perfetti is probably one of the craftiest centers in this year's draft, and when you kind of look at the way that he attacks defenders and opposing defensive structures, it's clear that Perfetti just has a level of ability to read the ice in ways no one else can. He can pick out linemates from incredible angles, making passes that a lot of people aren't even thinking about, and he can do so while being physically engaged by multiple defenders. For him, space doesn't really seem to be an issue. If he has even a little bit of room to make that pass, he's going to make it. He has a tenaciousness and a bit of an engine that I think goes a little bit underrated just because I think most people think of him as like a high IQ player rather than somebody who puts in a lot of effort. But when I was watching Will Scouging's report on Perfetti and some of the footage that Will had pulled out, what I tended to notice was that Perfetti did not let a play die. Even if he was being swarmed by defenders, he was always looking to set somebody else up or at least try and spring a breakout. What I think is kind of admirable about him is that even if he's being pinned along the walls or he's about to take a check, he's always looking to get up the ice, and I think that that is something that's very important for a play-driving center, especially one joining the Jets. While Cole is definitely going to be one of the best playmakers of this draft, I also think that he's got a really nasty shot. He's completely unafraid to close the distance to the net, get in front, and score a really lethal wrister. He has a very great ability to rapidly make a decision whether he wants to shoot or pass, which allows him to kind of close that gap really quickly and find a nice outlet either for himself or for somebody else to take the shot. It helped him shred the OHL this year to the tune of 111 points in 61 games. 
Now, with all of the praise that I have been heaping upon Perfetti's shoulders, you might be wondering if he has any limitations, and there are a couple of minor concerns that come with him. Like any prospect, he's definitely not perfect, and he still has work to do. But I think he's already starting to improve on two of the biggest things that he gets knocked for, and the first is that he is a little bit undersized and a little bit understrength. For me, this kind of knock tends to be a little bit overstated, because from what I was able to see of, of Perfetti's footage, he doesn't really look like he's somebody that actually gets knocked off balance very much. He's not getting bullied off the puck, he's still making those plays and passes that he wants to, and he generally looks to be a little bit more elusive than he might get credit for. I think Perfetti is somebody who understands how his body moves and ultimately makes better choices and anticipates space being closed up, so he thinks a little bit ahead of that and makes his moves a couple steps ahead of where his opponents might be looking to close a gap on him and take a hit. The other thing that actually was a little bit of a minor concern was that Perfetti's skating and edge work isn't exactly explosive or fast. He's not a slow skater by any means, but he's not exactly somebody who's turning up the ice and burning it, kind of like a Jean-Luc Foodie this year. That doesn't mean that he's a static player, though. He's constantly moving, constantly looking to open up more space and open up opportunities for his linemates, so it's not like he's just sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. But I do think that when it comes to the defensive zone, if he doesn't have the right defensive read or gapping, his lack of foot speed might cause a little bit of an issue if he needs to improvise a defensive play. That's not to say that he can't do it, it's that he just didn't do it as much, and sometimes his defensive awareness wasn't always in tune with his offensive abilities. I think that that's fine, because that's something that he can absolutely work on, and his linemates will be able to support him a little bit more in helping him to understand where he needs to be and how he should engage. He is a little bit more of an offensively aggressive player rather than somebody who tends to assume a lot of defensive responsibilities, and I think when you come to Winnipeg, that's something that will have to change. We've seen a lot of centers with the Jets who don't really have that sort of back-checking presence, who don't really occupy the space in front of the net, and who don't always captain that middle area of the slot that often encompasses part of a center's defensive duties. That doesn't really bother me, though, because that's something that can absolutely be taught, and Perfetti has already been training this offseason to build both his muscle mass and improve his skating stride. If he does those two things, I don't really know if he actually needs to go back to junior. There are obviously questions about whether or not junior hockey is even going to resume this year because we're already seeing that the Blainville Block Beyond Armada have had an entire team almost filled with COVID. Even if there is some kind of a CHL season, I'm not 100% sure if Perfetti needs to go back. If, in fact, his skating stride and his physical strength have gotten to the point where he might be more pro-ready, I feel like he'd be better served going to, like, the Moose or something and training with the Jets first. I think my optimal solution is that, ultimately, he makes the team out of camp because he beats out a couple of players and probably gets, like, a bottom six deployment at first. I think that, you know, the most ideal scenario is he anchors that third line and slowly works his way up the lineup. Some scouts think he might be better served moving out to the wing, but I think Winnipeg's plan first will be to start down the middle because that's obviously where they're drafting him for need and they think that he probably has the skill set to be a pivotal center and an incredible distributor. Taking all of his skill sets and flaws into account, you might be wondering what exactly is Perfetti's ceiling and I feel like it's pretty easy to say Perfetti might be a franchise center. I think that that is his max potential. I think he has the mind and the will to reach that and there's a good chance he's going to do it for Winnipeg. I don't know how long it's going to take, but he already has a really strong foundation of a lot of core elements to his game, and he has an incredible hockey IQ. Hockey IQ is not something that you can really train. It's something that kind of comes with players naturally as they get a feel for the game and, and start to understand concepts at a really intimate level. And that's where Perfetti's studious nature, especially off the ice, kind of comes into a little bit of play. 
he studies a lot of game footage, he analyzes a lot of stuff, he talks with the coaching staff constantly, and he thinks about ways to translate what he does in the OHL to an eventual NHL deployment of some sort. So I feel like, as far as Perfetti is concerned, the Jets are going to have a future franchise center, especially in a couple of seasons after he develops a little more. Pending when the season actually starts, I have a feeling Perfetti is going to make the Jets out of camp because he's going to have a really impressive showing, and I feel like he's going to be an immediate contributor. Cole is a very special player indeed, and I think that that is something that goes without saying, especially for where the Jets got him. He fell to Winnipeg, and I don't think that we could have asked for much more. Speaking of asking for much more, the Jets have a number of free agents, and one of them actually signed a major contract extension today that I think is a great value, and we'll talk about them in a little bit more detail shortly. But before then, I thought you should know about tonight's title sponsors at rockauto.com. For those of you who aren't automotive experts, car part shopping can be a really stressful experience. Oftentimes, you're not exactly sure what part you're looking for or what year, make, and model you need, especially for the kind of vehicle that you've got. We're all pretty busy with our daily lives, and it can be difficult to get all of the research done, so why waste your time going to a brick-and-mortar retail store that may not even have the parts and stock you need when you can just go to rockauto.com and use their intuitive, easy-to-use website that allows you to sort by all of the specifications of your vehicle and price range for the parts that you want to pay so you get exactly what you need at the price you want. The fine folks at rockauto.com have over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry and bring all of of that knowledge and experience to their customer portal. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement for that one you drop that greasy taco on, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20 to 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. Why go anywhere else when you have rockauto.com online? When you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. During quarantine, trying to figure out what you want for dinner can be a bit of an exercise. I know a lot of you are probably dreading yet another TV dinner that looks like it's been reheated about 10,000 times and baked in the sun just for a little bit of extra measure. If you want something that's different from your usual frozen pizza, hit up the DoorDash app. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is super easy. Just open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-to restaurants or order from your favorite national chains, including Wendy's, Chipotle, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery. Just check into the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and all of your favorite standbys will be delivered right to your door with the same contactless delivery option. Not only will you support local businesses, you'll also save a little bit of cash too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Again, don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to the Locked On Jets show. Earlier, we talked about Winnipeg's first-round pick at 10th overall in Cole Perfetti and why he might be one of the most special prospects the Jets have ever taken. In isolation, the news of that pick would have been absolutely astounding in its own right. Certainly a big win for Jets fans after what's been a pretty miserable past 72 hours with all of the Patrick Liney rumors flying around left, right, and center. The Jets and us as fans really needed a gigantic win, and of course, Perfetti probably wouldn't have been the kind of win any of us expected because I thought he would have been gone by then, but somehow the Jets might have gotten a franchise tag 
talent at 10th overall, which is truly an incredible moment in, in Jets history. I'd argue it's one of the Jets' most significant accomplishments since they made their cup run a couple of seasons ago, and maybe as important as the day that they drafted Mark Shifley. Remains to be seen, but I think Perfetti is going to be potentially one of the best centers the Jets have ever drafted. As great as getting Perfetti was, it wasn't the only piece of magic Kevin Shoveldayoff had up his sleeve. He ended up bringing in Dylan DeMello on a new deal at four years with a $3 million average annual value, which is incredible value when you look at a contract in comparison to some of the other free agent signings that have been going on around the league. If you're wondering what exactly DeMello is going to bring over the next couple of seasons, I think the answer is pretty easy. Dylan is one of those guys who's like a steadying force. He's not really a big offensive driver in the sense that he doesn't put up a lot of points, but he actually drives offense because he carries the puck up the ice and gets you zone possession inside the attacking end. I think a lot of what he does tends to go under the radar because he's more of a facilitator and a transition expert than he is a pure defenseman. He is actually really good at getting the puck out of the defensive zone, and he's got great gapping and positioning, but what he tends to do the most is really control possession of the puck, and I think that that is something that's a really underrated skill, especially in the modern game, but one that continues to grow in importance. I think DeMello is actually a fantastic value defenseman, and like initially I, I kind of expected him to get around three years for maybe two and a half million or so, but an extra year for just about a, a half million more per season is actually great value. I, I think that this is a really good contract. I think that he's very happy, and you know, he talked earlier today about being really glad to be in Winnipeg and settle down. He's got a kid coming on the way. He wants to raise his family in one location and kind of hang around, and I think that this is actually a wonderful signing for him, not just for him, but for us too. I think it's really important that a free agent expresses a desire to settle down somewhere and that the Jets actually get a deal done to keep him around. All too often, Winnipeg has had trouble attracting free agent talents because it's Winnipeg. You know, it's a little bit isolated. I, I really enjoy the city, and I come from a working-class city myself in Baltimore, so I totally understand why people have a certain mental image about Winnipeg, but if you actually live in the city, it's a really great place to have a family. And I think that it's great that, you know, Dylan DeMello wanted to stay around and that he actually took a long-term deal to basically continue and maybe finish his career with the Jets. I don't know if he'll be playing much longer after he leaves Winnipeg, but I think that for the next four years, he's going to be a great value addition to this team. What's kind of interesting is I've seen some folks who have thought that it might be a little bit of an overpayment and maybe aren't super thrilled with the contract, but I can tell you right now, I think that the way that you're thinking about what DeMello brings is a little bit underrating what he does, especially like his skill set at giving you possession of the puck and getting you up the ice. The best way I can think about it is there's this midfielder who plays for Borussia Dortmund named Axel Witzel, but he also plays for the Belgian national team. And Axel is one of those guys that they call the boat because he does a couple of things. He's really a pivotal point in your midfield, getting the ball up to the attacking third and keeping possession but he's also good at resisting counters and pressure coming down that central channel, and I think DeMello does a lot of the same things. DeMello is a safety net. He's somebody who I think can get control of the puck, he can force turnovers, he can try and intercept plays and keep possession out of your defensive end, but then he helps facilitate counters and breakouts going the other way. And even though he's not exactly the world's most flashy skater and he doesn't really have like ridiculous offensive scoring upside, what DeMello does is help your teammates get to those positions where they can be more effective. You know, while he may not exactly be the boat as, as Axel is called, I think DeMello plays a very similar role, and I think that that's something that really goes under the radar for this Jets team. Going forward, DeMello is going to play a really pivotal role in helping settle down Winnipeg skaters because I think the Jets are often seen as a defensively poor team, 
and the forwards are certainly no exception in that case. I think Winnipeg's forwards have had trouble back-checking and maintaining defensive awareness, but DeMello and some of his linemates and colleagues are going to help with that. All in all, I think that this is a huge win for the Jets, especially because they're not only retaining a guy that they paid like a third or a fourth round pick for, but they're signing him long-term on a great value contract. He seems like a great character player, and not only is he a great character, he's actually a good skater as well. In the famous words of the Hawk Avengers meme, I see this as an absolute win, just without any of the ironic circumstances. Speaking about some crazy and ironic circumstances, in a little bit we'll talk about some of the other top 10 draft picks because it's been a little bit of a crazy draft season. But before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Bilt Bar. For those of you who like to maintain a healthy and active lifestyle and are maybe looking for a change from the usual protein bar, it can be difficult to find something that's actually tasty, healthy, and not dry and hard as a rock. That's why Built Bar is back with a brand new lineup of new and improved Built Bars that are like candy bars with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewier interior. Six new flavors join the original 12, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. If you're looking for one of the OG flavors, be sure to check out raspberry and mint brownie. Those are my personal recommendations, and I think you'll like them too. Built Bars not only taste great, though, they're actually perfect for those who are looking for weight loss or weight maintenance program snacks or meal replacements. Built Bars are also great for keto diets because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Most Built Bars clock in at 200 calories or less, around 5 grams of sugar, and between 15 to 19 grams of protein. If you want to give the Built Bar program a shot without committing to any particular flavor, be sure to check out their sample variety box that gives you the best of all worlds. And right now, Locked On listeners can enjoy a cool $10 off their next order when they go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for $10 off your next order. On a bit more of a serious note, this one actually concerns a lot of men who are a little bit embarrassed to talk about erectile dysfunction. Talking about and dealing with ED is no simple matter. A lot of guys are a little bit embarrassed and uncomfortable dealing with the problem directly. So they'll say things like, I've lost my mojo, or try to avoid the topic altogether by saying I've had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's finally easy and safe to talk about erectile dysfunction with a medical professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet, and with Roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you step-by-step to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is super easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Dealing with ED used to be difficult, but with Roman by your side, you can finally get the treatment you need and deserve. Welcome back to this closing time of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We've talked a lot about Jets-focused stuff, including the new Dylan DeMello contract, selecting Cole Perfetti, and tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit more about some of Winnipeg's other draft picks because I need to do a little bit of research. Some of the guys I'm not as familiar with, and I think these were a little bit deeper picks than what some people might have expected. One of them, though, definitely should not have fallen as far as he did, and the Jets may have gotten an absolute heist on this fifth-round pick, but before then, we'll talk about some of the top ten picks from today's draft. The first three picks are not that controversial. Alexis Lafreniere, the first overall with the New York Rangers. Quinton Byfield, second overall to Los Angeles Kings. By the way, anyone who said that they were going to take Tim Stutzla probably got a little bit of egg on their face because I think the Kings knew all along that Byfield was going to be their most, uh, most likely candidate to pick. With the third overall pick, Ottawa ended up getting Tim Stutzla, which is where he should be going. Third overall, I think, is pretty fair. 
but at fourth overall is where we start getting into more interesting territory. The Detroit Red Wings selected Lucas Raymond, and I forget who it was, it might have been Elliot Friedman who said that this was going to be a bit of a curveball, but I think anyone who actually knows who Lucas Raymond is knows that this is actually not that surprising. Raymond is an excellent marriage of high-end skills matched with relentless work ethic and great speed. He's just a really well-rounded, versatile player, and I feel like Detroit got an absolutely great, stellar player to build around, even though he is a winger. Raymond is going to be a special player who's got really great defensive work ethic, he's got great offensive instincts, he can get up and down the ice very quickly, and he seems to have just a relentless drive to make plays happen. So all in all, I think that they have to be thrilled with this pick. People will say it's a little bit surprising, but to be honest, not that surprising to me. Fifth overall, though, a bit of a different story. This one is Jake Sanderson going to the Ottawa Senators, and I feel like Sanderson should not be going at fifth overall. I like Sanderson. I think that he's a very steady top four defenseman who's going to be eating up tons of really important minutes. I think that he'll be a nice transition skater. He'll be able to make clean zone exits, distribute the puck well, and probably be just a really well-rounded blue liner. But I'm kind of concerned that you take him at fifth overall with the amount of upside that the guy taken right after him by Anaheim really brings. You know, J.B. Drysdale is a much more exciting defender. I feel like Drysdale has the ability to dominate shifts and create so much offensive opportunities for his line mates and himself that I just don't know why you would take Sanderson instead. This really isn't a knock on Sanderson. I think that he's a fantastic prospect, and I would not have minded him going between like 11 and 15, so not much further off from where he was taken. But when you look at the kinds of players that you get in the top five picks, I just have a really hard time bringing myself to talk about him in that same conversation of elite talent. Drysdale belongs there. I, I don't know about Sanderson, though. And Drysdale is just somebody who I feel like brings really elite offensive instincts, great skating, great transition play. He's just, at present, the best defender in this class, though there may be some prospects deeper in the draft that one day challenge for that title. But right now, Drysdale was the most sure thing, and I'm a little bit surprised that Anaheim was able to get him. At 7th overall, the New Jersey Devils opted to select Alexander Holtz, which is an interesting pick because he's basically Swedish Kyle Connor. And I think that you're starting to notice a couple of names that are falling down out of the top six that you might have expected to be gone already, notably one of them being Cole Perfetti. At 8th overall, the Buffalo Sabres went really crazy and selected Jack Quinn, which I, for me, just don't really understand because Quinn is a great prospect, but again, I would have felt more comfortable with him towards the end of round one rather than the top. Quinn is a, obviously a very gifted player with great goal-scoring ability, and he actually has some underrated playmaking instincts. But at 8th overall, with the names that were left on the board, absolutely crazy that he went to the Sabres. In all likelihood, there is a decent chance that a lot of the players drafted after him will have more prolific careers, but that's kind of the risk you take when you're the Sabres and apparently aren't interested in always getting the BPA. At ninth overall, Minnesota got an absolute steal in Marco Rossi, and I feel like, generally speaking, they've had a great draft. Judd Brackett for the Wild has done really great work this year, and he continued to rack up quite a few great prospects, some of which came in subsequent rounds, but certainly Rossi was one of the biggest fallers and one of the biggest heists of this draft. If, uh, you know, the Wild had elected to take Perfetti, I'm sure the Jets would have taken Rossi, so either way, Winnipeg and Minnesota were probably the biggest winners in this draft. From here on, things got kind of weird, because Nashville got Yaroslav Askarov at 11th overall, Florida got a great deal on Anton Lindell at 12th, and then Carolina brought in Seth Jarvis, which I actually like. Seth is a really offensively talented scorer, and I think he might actually be a really big part of what's missing in Carolina's top six. He could be that elite finisher that they're looking for, especially close in. 
At 14th overall, Edmonton took Dylan Holloway. And then at 15th overall, the Toronto Maple Leafs brought in Rodian Amidov, which I really like. Rodian's a really highly skilled skater, somebody who has tremendous upside. And I think that as far as the Leafs are concerned, this is a great pick and a great value selection at 15th overall. There were plenty of other talented players, including Hendricks Lapierre to the Capitals and Tyson Forster to the Philadelphia Flyers. But I want to talk about one particular pick from this first round that just absolutely baffles me. And this is Columbus taking Igor Shinnikov, who I don't think was ranked by pretty much anyone being in this first round or beyond. I don't even know if he was on some draft lists, period. Columbus went really high on Shinnikov, which is kind of crazy because I'm not sure that many teams were looking at him out of avant-garde. He could be a potentially talented scorer, but I don't know that anyone actually knows who he is. He has put up some recent results in the KHL, but I mean, that's just a very short sample size, and certainly the highlights that the uh, KHL tweeted out today were just like three of five of the goals that he scored recently were all power play goals, which doesn't really give you any sort of insight to what he's like at even strength. So overall, just a very strange pick, and I'm not sure I fully understand it, but teams like their guys, sometimes they really go full in on these picks, and that's kind of what happened here. I just don't understand why you would use the 21st overall pick when there were guys with more guaranteed upside. That's going to conclude our first day of draft coverage because we've got plenty more coming over the next couple of days, including some more analysis into Winnipeg's picks and some of the crazier things that have happened throughout this draft. But for tonight, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National Podcast hosted by Sarah Avampado and also check in with all of our Locked On affiliate shows, including teams like The Lightning, Ottawa Sens, Locked on Sabres, and some of our other top 10 teams to get some really interesting perspective on what exactly happened throughout this draft and whether or not they're actually happy with these picks. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, have a great night, and go Jets go!